Hello, you're listening to Go Chuck Yourself. In this episode, Aaron and I are going to discuss season three, episode two of Chuck. That is Chuck versus the three words. I do know what those three words are. I could tell you right here, but I'm not going to. So instead, I'm going to use randomwordgenerator.com to randomly select three words out of the entire English lexicon. Let us see what they give us. They, (laughs) okay. Uh, So the three words are salmon grandmother porter. So in this episode, Chuck is going to be going up against a someone who works at a hotel, probably handling luggage. Uh, that creature is also both a salmon and a grandmother. Sounds like I don't not quite sure how the salmon is able to handle luggage, but hopefully Chuck can handle it. Or maybe it's salmon grandmother Porter could also be a type of dark beer. I would absolutely not drink a beer that's called Salmon Grandmother, but you know what? I bet there are a lot of people out there that would. Anyhow, if you'd like to contact us, maybe about Salmon Grandmother Porter, you can do that at our email, which is gochuckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you prefer to tweet at us, you can do that at gochuckpodcast. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a nice day. Uh, And now let's see what happens to Chuck and the Salmon Grandmother Porter. Here we go. One and all Chuck fans and Chuck adjacent people. I don't know. If you're listening to this, you're probably Chuck a, fans, a fan people of, who of hate Chuck. Chuck. People who hate Chuck. If you're looking for a show about people who just who just rip on Chuck constantly, that's us sometimes. Yeah. Mostly. I, I think it's from a place of love. I think it's. <laughs> yeah, we just want Chuck most, to be its best. Yes, that's right. Uh, my name is Chris Gillespie. I am one of the people here that is negging Chuck. <laughs> my name is Aaron Arada. And uh, this season, who all bets are off. I might be just complimenting Chuck constantly. I might be the cheerleader in Chuck's corner. Because we're negging Chuck, but it's because we want to ultimately go home with him. We're trying to. Well, that might be what you're doing. Oh. I feel like in the past, I've been negging Chuck that I was like, I don't know. I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is holding up for me. I don't know if I want to go home with Chuck. But this season, it's Aaron's season. So we might, I might be going home with Chuck. Yes, as you may have heard in the previous episode, season three of Go Chuck Yourself has been deemed the season of Aaron. Yes. We're all very excited. Uh, <laughs> also, the executive producers of the show are really investing a lot in Aaron's performance this season, less so mine. Uh, so I am really playing the second fiddle this time around. But I feel like maybe I can change that. I can I can start to be a better friend and a better co-host by just doing small things and small gestures. So. Aaron, let me ask, how, how are you doing? I feel like I never ask just how, how, are, how are things going? That's really nice of you. Thank you for asking that. Um, things are going great for me. It's just my life is just great. I've had um, I've been getting uh, recruited to a lot of jobs, like a lot of recruiters are reaching out to me, which is something that's never happened to me before, but it's happening now. Um, you look like you have you have you look like you have something to say about all that. Uh, no, that that's good. I just wanted to make sure that I was inquiring about how things were going for you. I am doing well. Thank you for asking. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, largely because of the support of my friends at Blue Apron. Perhaps you've heard of Blue Apron. Do, do a, we have a sponsor? We may. 
we don't don't have a sponsor. Okay. Well, let, me, let me explain this. So Blue Apron is a service where you can uh, go online and order order food meals and they ship the ingredients directly to you with the recipe cards and all the ingredients already pre-measured everything that you need to make delicious meals at home. <laughs> I do not have Blue Apron. <laughs> but I did receive a box of Blue Apron the other day okay. that arrived at our doorstep. Um, I don't know how, but it was addressed What's... to someone else at our address. <laughs> okay. So we called the customer support line. Uh-huh. And it was like, hey, this we, this person, we don't know who this person is, but this box arrived and it has three dinners in it. It's like three <laughs> meals. There's two chicken dinners and a steak dinner in it. Mm. And the, the kind folks at Blue Apron were just like, enjoy the box. We'll we'll get in touch with the person that it's meant for and we'll send them another one. So that I is so got, nice. We got three free dinners from Blue Apron. Blue Apron execs, if you're listening and you want to uh, make this a real thing. I see. I I know that maybe you're kind of this was your way of starting to see if we would sponsor, you know, if you want to sponsor us. We will. If that's totally fine, you don't have to play coy anymore. You don't have to send me this box of free food and pretend that it's for <laughs> someone else. Like you can just send it to me and we'll and we'll we'll uh, be happy to represent Blue Apron here at Go Check Yourself. So, yeah, Blue Apron, please, for the love of God, sponsor us. If uh, if you'd like to send uh, me something as well, um, you can address it to me or you can address it to whoever. I don't care. Um, however you want to get it to me if you want to like if you want to leave it outside my door that's great if you want to like leave it on the street and i'll just stumble upon it that's great if you want to like put it in like uh if you want to parachute it in Mm. if you want it to um uh i don't know those those are my only three options but if you think of something else i would i would love to not have to cook myself well i mean i you still have to cook with blue apron but like they make the cooking easy you don't have to worry about all the the portioning of the ingredients it's all pre-portioned once again we are not sponsored by blue apron even though it sounds like we're sponsored by blue apron and blue apron if you're listening this is what it could be like if we were if we were you know making this happen if we were if this was going to be a real thing but uh maybe someday the thing is chris what is the thing, Aaron? The thing is, this week, Blue Apron is sending uh, tarot and pork and vegetable stir fry with jasmine rice and peanuts, which is something I'd really love to try. I'd also really love to try the uh, Italian chicken and yellow tomato skillet with ricotta garlic bread. That just sounds that's, that's so delicious. That's, that's one of the ones I think we're having that tonight. Actually. Oh, my God. That's really exciting. Yeah. I hope you enjoy yeah. it. And I sure Thank would you. enjoy it, too. Blue Apron. And you might enjoy it, our listeners. Try it. <laughs> Simply go to blueapron.com and enter the code CHUCK to receive 10% off of your first order. Once again, that is not real. Do not try that and do not sue us for <laughs> misleading information. We are talking about CHUCK today. We are not trying. Just Blue Apron, even though they offer delicious food at an affordable price without ever having to leave your own home. Uh, who wants to go to the grocery store? I don't. Get it shipped to your house. Blue Apron. This is CHUCK versus the three words. The three words are get blue apron. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is blue apron one word or two words? Two words. Okay. Uh, blue apron. We have to have an appeal to blue apron. Blue apron. Blue apron rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Call to action. Three what words. The three words are go chuck yourself. Ah, even better. Well, not better than blue apron because blue apron makes cooking fun. 
I would love if Chuck came and used his kung fu kung fu moves on both of us and just beat the crap out of Go Chuck yourself. You know, if you get Blue Apron, I'm, I'm going to stop after this. But if you get Blue Apron, you won't need an intersect. It'll help you cook. You don't need Chuck's Intersect 2.0 to cook and chop and portion ingredients. You'll just have Blue Apron is your intersect. Blue Apron. It's the supercomputer in your head in your kitchen. Blue Apron. <laughs> Perfect. Anyhow. Okay. Every time you leave is a pause, okay? I just want to, no, I just want no, to no, insert no. Blue Apron. Well, we can do like integrated marketing. Like we don't have to just have like the section. Like a lot of podcasts will have like a section uh-huh. for marketing, but we're going to mm-hmm. have it just just toss it in there. Just cut me off okay. in the middle of a sentence. Okay. Sounds good. So we start the episode with this white guy. <laughs> we start an episode with this white guy running in the woods with a briefcase. We don't know at this point what the briefcase has. It might have Blue Apron in it. Um, I sw- <laughs> that's why he's running he's gotta <laughs> keep it to himself he's gotta but he doesn't need to hurry because they have that innovative cooling pack inside <laughs> the package that keeps the food safe and uh and secure and chilled for yes. your consumption yeah so he might have uh and that's why people are chasing him there's a big muscly arm with a scar and a huge mm-hmm. gun and said huge gun shoots the man with the briefcase because maybe they want the Blue Apron, because Blue Apron is such a value. But actually, you don't have to commit murder <laughs> to get Blue Apron, because it's so affordable just for the average person. That's right. Yes, absolutely. So the man drops the briefcase, which, by the way, is gold, um, and mm-hmm. he falls down and is probably going to die. Three large men, one of whom is the one with the scar and the gun, go over and shoot him for real, so now he's actually dead. Um, the, the leader of these men, who is the one with the scar, we find out later his name is Carl. We don't know that now, but I'm just going to call him Carl to alleviate some confusion. He picks up the briefcase. His phone rings, and he tells whoever it is that he's busy with work. Then he adds, love you, Smooshy. The other bad guys laugh until Carl looks at them. At this point, Sexy Bitch by Akon begins playing. And I was and inst- David Guetta. Yeah, sorry. Sorry to forget you, David Guetta. Um, I was instantly transported back to the boat my high school rented for our senior prom. We cut to a nightclub where a man is doing aerial acrobatics, much like Pink is wont to do at her concerts. I felt pretty impressed with the show that they had a man doing this because I feel like the MO is definitely women doing impressive acrobatics and sexy stuff. It's kind of a toss up because like, I like to see women doing impressive stuff and I would rather them cast a woman than a man, but also I feel like the show always has like the sexy woman. Like I would, I, anyway, I was just surprised that it was a man doing this. Also, I want to ask you, did you think that it was Chuck doing the acrobatics for like a second? No, I did not. Okay. I thought maybe it was Chuck because I was like, it's, th- this is probably in the Intersect 2.0 in some capacity. I also definitely thought it was going to come up later. Like, why would they start with that? I guess, like, this was maybe trendy at that point, like the aerial acrobatics. Like, I feel like around this time, like 2020, 2009, 2010, like people were like talking about that. That was a thing. So, you know, I don't know. I probably put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> in this split second scene. Yeah. One Sarah Walker is at the bar in this club looking just lovely. And who is with her but our good friend Karina? You know, from uh, yes, the, she's from the Wookiee episode in case anybody. Chuck, Chuck versus the Wookiees yeah. season one, episode four. Yeah, so she's she's back. Um, She's apparently visiting and she and Sarah have gone out. Karina asks Sarah about her mission with Chuck and Sarah doesn't want to talk about it. Karina is able to deduce from this that Sarah has feelings for Chuck. And she says, oh, you broke the cardinal rule of spying, which you may remember is something that Roan Montgomery brought up mm. in his episode. But do we uh, get a refresher on what exactly that is at this moment? No, we do not. We cut to Morgan and Chuck playing video games and Morgan saying, you broke the cardinal rule of getting dumped. 
which is also kind of unclear what that is, but apparently it's moping. Chuck doesn't want to talk about Sarah, so Morgan tries to give him a pep talk, which leads to the line, there are two million ladies in the City of Angels, they can't all say no to us. Um, this is a, the, the idea of yes versus no is a concept in this episode. Um, <laughs> it is, maybe, yes. Maybe not in the way that uh, my saying it that way has implied, but um, for some reason I'm going to give Morgan the benefit of the doubt here. I do not think he deserves it, but uh, I thought that was a very iffy way of phrasing that. Anyway, instead of <laughs> hanging out in their completely unfurnished apartment, they decide to go to the club. Morgan attempts to flirt with two women who are clearly holding full drinks by asking them if they'd like additional drinks. I guess it could have been worse, but um, there was not... I don't know if the point was that he's bad at this and the point was that they were holding drinks or if he is just really, really bad at this. Mm-hmm. But uh, Chuck isn't sure that he's ready to be flirting with other women. He learns he won't have to when they see Sarah and Karina across the room. You may recall that Morgan went on a date with Karina once upon a time. I, I didn't, but uh, you you might. Um, I do. He, I did, in fact, recall okay, that. So good. that works out. Um, he asked Chuck if uh, she. He asked Chuck if he thinks that Karina remembers him. Chuck says he'll go over and try to find out. When Chuck goes over, Sarah asks if he's there to spy on her, which is a fair question, knowing Morgan's track record. At this point, a man comes over to hug Karina, and we realize that she's wearing an engagement ring. There's a cut of Sarah's face looking surprised, which again makes me say, she is a spy. She didn't notice a huge ring on her friend's hand until just now. Karina was able to deduce from their conversation that Sarah has feelings for this guy who wasn't even there, and Sarah didn't even notice a ring? It's crazy. Karina pulls away from the man, and we see that it's Carl from the beginning, the bad guy who shot the guy with the briefcase for his blue apron order. He's Uh-oh. Karina's fiancé. There's an awkward conversation where Karina introduces Chuck as Sarah's boyfriend and everyone is a little bit uncomfortable. Carl says love has made him a better man, then says, what about you, Chuck? Which is honestly the biggest crime since what kind of conversation starter is that? What is Chuck supposed to say? Yes, love has made me a better man, too. (laughs) I think I'm going to use that next time I go to a party as an icebreaker meeting. So, hey, has love made you a better man or woman? So we have a single relatable moment from Morgan when we briefly cut to him at the bar struggling to order. I don't really know why that was included because it's not really related to anything, but I did really relate to it myself. Mm-hmm. Trying to get up to that bar. Yep, it's hard. Especially, he's a little guy, so especially hard for him. So right after this, uh, once they've all exchanged maybe four sentences total, Carl says, sorry to cut this short, but I booked a romantic dinner for two. So I want to discuss right now the logistics of this scene. So Sarah and Karina are friends. Karina mm-hmm. is visiting from far away or for yep. the first time in like a year. Um, they've made plans to go out together and they've been out long enough to have at least one drink. At no point did Karina say she was engaged or that she had plans later. What is Sarah supposed to do now? Are they just going to leave? Also, what is Carl's deal? He mentions go- meeting Karina back at the valet. So he valeted his car effectively to come in, say hello, and then leave. And does this club have a cover? Like... Does it have a drink minimum? Did he did he have to wait in line? Like, this is so not time effective. Why did he even go in there? This is insane. As Carl is walking away, Chuck flashes on his scar. He turns to Karina to tell her Carl isn't who she thinks he is, but she already knows. He's an arms dealer and also her mark. She says, it's the cardinal rule. Spies don't fall in love. She also says Carl is their new mission, which I was confused about because, like, is Karina in a position to give Sarah missions? Did Sarah just think they were going out for fun? Or did she know that this was eventually, like, eventually they were going to talk about a new mission? 
what is Karina doing that she needs more people? And why does she have to appeal to these specific people? Why didn't this come from Beckman? I have a lot of questions about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't really know why Karina is there in Los Angeles anyways. Yeah. I also Sarah and Karina are off the clock when they're at the bar, allegedly. I also feel like uh, there should be other rules of being a spy, like other than don't fall in love. Like maybe like something to do with your guns, something technical. Like, I don't I feel like how often do spies fall in love? How often is that like an issue? Uh, Probably not often (laughs) in real in real life. But in the show, love is is key is number one. Anything is possible and love is key. So after the credits, we learn that Big Mike has been reinstated at the Buy More as the manager, Mm -hmm. and he's trying to turn over a new leaf. He tells his employees that they are no longer allowed to take no for an answer when trying to sell products. He makes a little speech about this specifically, but that's all we really need to know. Later, Morgan asks Chuck about the guy Karina was with, but Chuck won't give him any more information. Lester comes over to ask who they're talking about, and Morgan tells him that he once hooked up with a Swedish supermodel type and she's back in town. At this exact moment, Karina walks into the buy more and Morgan gets excited, but she ignores him and immediately grabs Chuck. In a meeting with Beckman, we get a bit more information about Karina and Carl. Carl is an arms dealer, and $10 million was just wired into his account, so they know that the gold briefcase has some kind of super weapon in it, and he's just sold it. The plan is for Sarah and Chuck to attend the engagement party, then sneak off into Carl's vault and steal the briefcase. Casey, meanwhile, is going to be posing as a relative of Karina's, there's some funny banter when she suggests he play her father and he suggests he play her brother, but they settle on a much younger uncle. Beckman tells Chuck the whole mission is riding on him. I don't really know why that's true. I guess the idea is that, like, they don't know what's going to be in the in the safe, like what kind of security measures there will be. So, like, Chuck's new intersect abilities have to have to combat that. But I don't know why. I feel like it's an equal. It's a team effort, Beckman. Like, it doesn't have to be Chuck. In the Bymore break room, Jeff and Lester encourage Morgan to ask Karina out. All the silent Bymore extras look on and nod. It was nice to see some of them who I have seen before, and there, it looked like there were a few ones that I haven't seen as many times, so that was nice. Jeff and Lester decide to throw Morgan a housewarming party at his new apartment, which I don't think it I don't think other people usually throw you the housewarming parties at your home, but you know, it's Jeff and Lester, so what do they know? Um, apparently Morgan is supposed to invite Karina. We cut back to Chuck and Morgan's place where Chuck is getting ready for the engagement party. Morgan asks where he's going and Chuck doesn't tell him, but Morgan deduces it has to do with Sarah. We move on to Sarah and Karina getting ready, in their underwear of course, while Sexy Bitch plays again. This scene could definitely have been done not in their underwear, and I really wish it was. But the song is really good, and I love people getting, I love to see people getting ready, and their outfits were really cool. And I really liked when they were like slipping knives into their shoes and stuff. This is like this is my kind of scene. I just wish that like the feminist politics were a little better. Um, they didn't need to be in their underwear. They could have just been in their dresses and it would have been fine. I have to point out here that Karina is getting ready with Sarah and she's she makes a point to say that the engagement party is at Carl's house. So I understand like she's a spy, so I understand why she isn't like living with him. But is, is it weird that they're like engaged and don't seem to be living together and he's never met any of her family? Like how long have they known each other? Why, like, I don't know. I thought it was, maybe the argument is that it's very traditional that they don't Mm -hmm. live together yet, but it was weird. Karina picks up Chuck's mom's charm bracelet from Sarah's jewelry box, and it spawns a conversation where Karina suggests Sarah come with her on her next message to Saint-Tropez, which I definitely spelled right in my notes, as a way of getting over Chuck. Sarah counters by asking if Karina ever thinks about a different life. 
Karina says no. But she's a little cheeky. She makes you think that she's going to say yes. Yeah. And then it's a hard, hard turn to no. Yeah. One of those classic no's in this episode. Yes and no. That duality. Yeah. Is it's not complicated. This throughout. episode, it's just yes or just no. Yeah, that's right. We move back to Morgan interrogating Chuck about his truce with Sarah and whether Karina will be at whatever event he's attending. Morgan gives Chuck a flyer for their housewarming party and asks him to give it to Karina. Chuck says he will do that if Morgan helps him find his keys, which apparently Morgan stole and was hiding so Chuck couldn't leave, which is a creepy thing that's pretty much brushed over. Well, it's pretty clever, though. Is it? In terms of if you wanted to have leverage over Chuck, it's it was clever effective. if you like are creepy and like it's clever in a like horror movie kind of way. <laughs> are you, I fancy myself to be clever in that manner as well, so I guess that works out. <laughs> okay. Um, despite the fact that there are so many people at this party, Karina and Carl are just standing around talking to Chuck and Sarah in the next scene. Karina realizes they can't host a party this way and moves on to introduce Carl to her uncle Johnny, who is played by Casey, in another pretty good wig. Carl says he doesn't see the family resemblance. Meanwhile, Sarah tries to be professional and relay the plan for Chuck, while Chuck tries to tell her that hanging out together again feels good and he misses her. He asks how she feels and she tells him it's just a cover. Karina sees this happening and is like, what is he doing? So yeah, Karina pulls Chuck aside and asks him what the hell he's doing, uh, especially in relation to her mission, which she is afraid that Chuck is going to ruin. He's, she says that Chuck and Sarah are supposed to be a happy couple, and because Sarah and Chuck were talking before in private in what appeared to be a more heated conversation, that apparently was not a part of the cover, because I guess happy happy couples can't go from seemingly being happy when talking to other people to having a heated conversation when they're one-on-one. Anyhow, nope, not allowed. Chuck tells Karina that Sarah has been so distant since Prague, which is when Chuck basically dumped her, in case you forgot. And Karina says that Sarah has been cold because she loves Chuck. And this is news to Chuck, apparently. Karina tells Chuck to get his head out of his ass and to go be a spy. Chuck runs to try to find Sarah and talk to her, but Sarah don't give a shit and is all business as Karina goes to Carl's study to find him practicing his big speech that he's going to give when he when he gives a toast to all the party guests carl and karina embrace uh, and as they hug karina takes carl's wallet out of his pocket and hands it to sarah who's walking by once again chuck villains if you have something newly valuable to eat that's you know valuable to you or your work why would you throw a party in your mansion at, or at your house when the <laughs> item is in your house why do the chuck villains always do this just don't draw attention to your house Go have the party somewhere else and have your security guards like really manning your house and protecting it. But don't bring people. Don't give people a reason to come to your house. Uh, So Karina and Carl return to the main foyer to give their toast while Chuck and Sarah sneak around the private wing of Carl's mansion. Sarah pages Karina and tells her that they need more time. So Karina keeps uh, like starting up fake toasts to distract everyone after Carl gives his real toast. Carl offers a toast, hoping that they're Quote, first child is a masculine child, which uh, upon further inspection is a reference to The Godfather, which I have seen. Just forgot it that is. line. I thought it was a very progressive, like, it's not really progressive, but it's also kind of progressive because they didn't say. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, because it's like, I, I, they didn't say I hope it's a boy, which I, it's uh-huh. good, but yeah. they did hope that it's a child that presents masculine. So it can yeah. be any, any <laughs> gender identity. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. 
but then that's the only creative progressive idea that he has. So <laughs> then he's kind of quiet. Yeah. So Karina asks her uncle Johnny, aka Casey, to give a toast. Casey really uh, follows the rule of yes and here as a fellow <laughs> improviser and jumps right into the scene, setting up a long winded story about Karina. Uh, Staying on how close in age Karina and Casey are, Casey says that he was, quote, just a boy when his older <laughs> brother brought home his beautiful baby daughter. Meanwhile, I liked Tr- that. I liked seeing, like, Casey's, like, insecurity. Like, I thought that was cute. Meanwhile, Chuck and Sarah have found the vault that is located off of Carl's bedroom or somewhere. I don't know. It's a mansion. It doesn't. It's confusing. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Lasers float around the vault, which has a familiar looking golden briefcase perched in the back. Chuck says that he can't make it past all the lasers, but Sarah says that the intersect can and that Chuck needs to relax. Chuck says he needs to talk to Sarah first, but Sarah says they can talk later. And this is enough reassurance for Chuck. So he flashes almost immediately and becomes a master of parkour and flips and dances around the lasers, ultimately grabbing the golden briefcase and making his way back to the entrance of the vault. Now, rather than exiting the vault, Chuck stands in the vault's entrance and stops and says, now we can talk, which is, of course, when a laser hits the suitcase. (laughs) or the briefcase in his hand, setting off the alarms and sealing the vault shut. Back in the foyer, Carl's henchmen are notified of the vault breach and run off to investigate during the emotional crescendo of Casey's toast. Sarah struggles to open the vault using the adjacent keypad while reassuring Chuck that he will be okay. He's inclined to believe her, uh, but then poisonous gas starts to fill the vault, causing Chuck to panic. Sarah realizes that Sarah realizes that she can break into the exhaust vent up above to rescue Chuck. So she does Chuck, not realizing that Sarah is not standing there and thinking that he's about to die, starts to unload everything on Sarah, basically saying that he made a mistake in Prague and that he's sorry. Sarah, of course, does not hear any of this because she's too busy getting shit done in the vent like a boss turning off the poisonous gas valve. Carl's henchmen, on the other hand, do hear this and listen bemused as Chuck pours his heart out to them. Once the gas is turned off, Sarah drops down from the ceiling and beats the crap out of the henchmen. Before Sarah appeared, the henchmen were working on the entering the passcode into the keypad anyway, so Sarah simply hits enter, and the door opens, revealing Chuck, who is losing consciousness due to the gas. Chuck says, I love you, and falls into Sarah, who is quite surprised <gasps> by this. Is that the uh, first time he said it? I guess so. Later that day, back at Castle, Chuck is sleeping, recovering from the poisonous gas, and Casey, Sarah, and Karina are there, I guess, just kind of milling about while Beckman's on the TV. Yeah, don't worry about that. Casey examines the weapon in the golden briefcase, which is some kind of heavy-duty frisbee-looking thing. Kind of looks like a a miniature UFO thing. (laughs) Beckman says that the weapon's identity is above Casey's pay grade, and that Karina will be taking it back with her when she goes to Langley the next day, and then Beckman hangs up. Chuck starts to wake up just as Karina asks Sarah if she's made a decision on her offer regarding San Tropez, and Sarah says that she's still considering it. Karina then exits, and Sarah calls Beckman back, who is once again surprised that people can reach her. She forgets that people can call <laughs> her on her, her video chat phone thing. Sarah, still thinking Chuck is asleep, tells Beckman that she thinks that in regards to helping Chuck use the new intersect, she might be more of a hindrance than a help. Sarah thinks a different agent might have better success training Chuck, I don't know why she's just she even suggests this. We all know that it doesn't work out when they bring new people in to work with Chuck. But Sarah pitches it anyways. Beckman does not agree with this and tells Sarah to get over herself and hangs up the phone. Sarah sees that Chuck is awake at this point and beckons him to start training. Chuck and Sarah go to the t- the combat training area part of Castle, which I don't know if it's existed before this season. 
maybe it, it has. It does but, now. But they do some bow staff training. Chuck tries to talk to Sarah about his feelings, but she's not interested and tells, tells Chuck that he needs to suppress his emotions if he's going to be a real spy. Chuck says he's not going to flash because he doesn't want to hurt Sarah, to which Sarah responds, don't worry, Chuck, you can't. And she knocks him off of his feet with the bow staff. Hell yeah. Meanwhile, Karina is exiting Orange Orange, orange with the golden briefcase and making her way across the parking lot when Carl and his boys roll up in an SUV. Karina sees this and uh, runs towards the Bymore, which is where Morgan happens to be, leaving Chuck a, I guess, concerned voicemail. In case we forgot, Morgan reminds us that Chuck was supposed to give Karina the invitation to their housewarming party. I don't think Chuck ever did. <gasps> and uh, Jeff and Lester call Morgan out on his bluff because they know that he doesn't actually know Karina. And then they leave. So Big Mike feels the need to approach Morgan and ask what's going on with Karina. Big Mike obviously still feeling a little bit, a little more paternal over Morgan. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm assuming Big Mike is still with Bologna. Yeah, I was wondering that too. I I think so. Morgan tells Big Mike uh, about what's going on. And Big Mike gives him a pep talk about seizing the moment and being positive, at which point Karina approaches Morgan with the golden briefcase and asks him to give it to Chuck as Carl and his men enter the store. Morgan agrees to take the briefcase and store it under the condition that Karina comes to his party. Karina don't give a shit and hands Morgan the briefcase and runs into the back halls of the Bymore. This was not a good idea because Karina is not familiar with the Bymore. So she's looking for an escape route, but then she gets trapped by Carl, who's holding a gun. Carl takes Karina back to his car to confront her, and Karina plays dumb. Carl explains that somebody stole his golden briefcase, and he thinks that Karina is a spy. Karina denies this, but then Carl plays the security footage from the vault of Chuck saying, quote, I'm not some cold-hearted spy like Karina. (laughs) Karina mutters that she's going to kill Chuck, but then Carl holds up the flyer for the party at Morgan and Chuck's apartment and says, no, I'm going to kill him, and then I'm going to kill you. I think something that's kind of interesting here is that, like, I was kind of thinking while we were talking that they put a picture on the flyer of Chuck, so it's, Mm -hmm. like, very, I was thinking, like, oh, that's very clever because maybe he wouldn't have known Chuck's name, and so it's important for him to see the picture so he knows that, like, that's who Chuck is. But then I realized that he does know Chuck's name because Karina is like, this is Sarah's boyfriend, Chuck. So I don't know why the flyer had a picture other than just, like, that seems like the kind of thing that Morgan would do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just just some idle thoughts I had while you were talking. Yeah, sorry, I was a, a bit long winded, but there's a, a lot to cram There's a lot in. to get through. Yeah, much like there is in a blue apron box. There's a lot of stuff. It's not I wouldn't say crammed. That has a negative no, no, connotation, no. but it's fit very nicely in a yes. way that allows you to have a lot of different varieties of food and a lot of mm-hmm. different um, options and a lot of things to put together to make an excellent meal for you and or your family to enjoy cut to later that night the party is in full swing at the uh the apartment plaza and the nerd herd and buy more employees are having a, a wonderful time drinking jeff's highly flammable jail juice which is some kind of concoction that he's made in the fountain yeah that was gross. pretty that was pretty badass actually Jeff and Lester notify Morgan that Karina has arrived with four guys and no beer, making their party officially a sausage fest. The guys in question are, of course, Carl and his henchmen. Back at Castle, Chuck, Sarah and Casey apparently didn't get an invite to the party because they're desperately searching for Karina while sitting in Castle and have no idea that she's at Chuck's apartment. As this is happening, Carl asks Morgan where Chuck is and Morgan says that he doesn't know. Karina asks Morgan to call Chuck to tell him that she's at the party, so Morgan obliges. 
He calls Chuck and asks for advice about Karina, who he says is at the party. This prompts Sarah and Casey to just now check the security feed from Chuck's apartment, confirming that Carl and Karina are in fact there. Chuck tells Morgan to leave Karina alone and to try not to stir anything up. Chuck asks Morgan to promise that he will be aloof and mysterious and to leave Karina alone. And Morgan says that he agrees, but his actions tell a very different story. So to combat the aforementioned sausage fest, um, Jeff and Lester come up with the brilliant plan to challenge the bad guys to a drinking contest. Jeff says he's built up a tolerance to jail juice because he's been drinking it since he was in diapers. So they bring in four drinks into uh, Chuck's, Chuck and Morgan's apartment. Um, to, to be clear, the party is going on in the courtyard and the bad guys are in Chuck's apartment. Just, just to understand the logistics of what's going on here. So Jeff and Lester bring in the four drinks and in the commotion, Karina spikes them with some type of drug she has hidden in her engagement ring. Unfortunately, and obviously, the bad guys are working so they don't partake in drinking. Instead, Jeff and Lester take back the drug cups and immediately pass out. I... I don't know that I don't know how they could have done this, but I did think it would have been funny if Jeff hadn't passed out. Like if he had like he drank all the the jail juice and then also got Karina's drug and was still like fine. I thought that would have been Mm. funny, but they didn't do that. He does pass out. Carl tells Karina if she tries any more stunts, he'll kill her right there. Morgan sees him whispering into her ear and he is sad and a little bit angry. We cut back to. So I also thought they were in Castle, but then it seems that they're in Casey's apartment. So I don't I don't know if they moved or if they were in Casey's apartment the whole time. But for the rest of this show to make sense, they have to be in Casey's apartment. So I don't know how they get there. I think they must have transported to Casey's apartment. I guess. And they must have snuck in through some kind of back door. I guess. Rather than cutting through the party. Sure. So Sarah and Casey are there. They're planning to storm the party. Chuck tells them that the fact that Karina is still alive means that she hasn't handed over the briefcase yet. So they have something to bargain with. Unfortunately, right at this moment, Morgan decides he needs to be masculine, so he charges into his apartment and tries to kick Karina and the men out. Karina stops Carl from killing Morgan outright, but it's still pretty tense. Morgan repeats the whole thing um, about yes and no, and there being no Japanese word for no, etc., etc., but he says he'd be saying no to Karina specifically right now if he could. Then he pulls out the briefcase and gives it back to her, and by proxy Carl... He takes a drink from one of the drug cups and immediately passes out. Karina looks on and instead of being disappointed or scared, she says, no one's ever said no to me before. Back in Casey's apartment, Chuck asks if there's some kind of contingency plan for if anything ever happened in his apartment. I feel like he's probably thinking of some kind of mechanics like a lockdown or like some type of button that would like call in the cavalry. Casey Mm -hmm. says, me, I'm the button. Then he puts on a (laughs) robe, picks up a hose and wrecks Skip Johnson and Fernando and some other people. (laughs) He tells everyone to break up the party and they scatter. Also, I don't know if you noticed, but Fernando has two corn dogs. I where, did. Where did he get them? Is there another Wienerlicious location? There was a plate of corn dogs. I don't know if you saw that. In I the, didn't. The foreground of the shot of Jeff and Lester talking while they sit on the fountain. Oh my god! There's like a dozen corn dogs sitting there, incredible, just right on a table. Incredible. Where'd they get them? I don't know. Maybe a nearby Wienerlicious. I guess location. so. Meanwhile, Sarah and Chuck try to sneak into Chuck's apartment. Sarah tries to give Chuck a gun, and he says, no, I hate guns. So she gives him a tiki torch instead. Uh, Uh, uh. (laughs) uh, Carl, Karina, and the men leave Chuck's apartment, and Casey and Sarah pull their guns on them. There's a standoff that seems like it might end in bloodshed until Chuck tells Sarah and Casey to drop their weapons. They listen to him, and he throws his tiki torch into the jail juice, 
which explodes, knocking out the bad guys. Yay! Hooray! So it's down to Sarah and Casey against Carl, who has a gun to Karina. He says he's going to shoot her because she broke his heart, and Chuck gives him a pep talk. He says that he knows how hard it is to open up in their line of work, but maybe because he let Karina in, she learned how to love too. I I get the sentiment here and it like works, but I'm not sure it completely tracks in terms of like, they keep cutting to Sarah's face. And I wasn't sure if Chuck is talking about Sarah, like he's like, she she taught him to love, or if he's saying that he, Chuck, opened up Sarah's heart. And I don't know, like, I kind of thought, like, I know that this isn't going to happen, but I kind of thought it would have been a little bit more powerful if, like, Sarah gave the speech. If Sarah was, like, mm-hmm. trying to save her friend, she's like, no, don't kill her, she's my friend. And then she's like, you know, it's really hard to love. And then they cut to Chuck's face. Like, I think that would have been, especially since Chuck made a speech earlier in the episode. But mm-hmm. I think the point is that, like, Chuck is supposed to be showing empathy for what Sarah went through. So whatever. Um, Karina says, he's right, Carl. I did fall in love with you. And then when he lowers his gun, she knocks him out with a briefcase. So it was all a lie. She says, spies don't fall in love. <laughs> As the Sarah, cardinal rule. Yeah, the cardinal rule. As Sarah and Casey do some paperwork, Chuck prepares to open the briefcase. Beckman appears on the TV screen and says, don't open it. She tells him she's just happy it's back in safe hands and someone will come to pick it up soon. She signs off and we cut to her in her office where she's talking to someone off screen. She says, we can't keep this a secret anymore. We need to tell them so they're prepared. Then she calls the person she's talking to, Shaw. And I yelled, oh no, because now I remember what season three is about. Yes. Sarah comes in and tells Chuck that they can talk if he wants. He says his emotions make him a liability, but she says that maybe he doesn't need to worry about flashing so much because he still did his job in the end. He comments on what a mess they've made of things and that he hopes they can fix it. And she says maybe they can, but he's on his own with cleaning the courtyard. So it's kind of a nice moment. Mm -hmm. Um, That moment is immediately shattered because Chuck yells out, Morgan, I'm cleaning without you. And we cut to Morgan, who is in bed, naked, with Karina, who is also naked. Apparently, they've just consummated their love. (laughs) Karina says that the reason that she um, decided to sleep with Morgan was because he's the only person who's ever said no to her, and she found that sexy. And so this is a trope in a lot of things. I feel like the idea of someone who's not used to being rejected getting rejected and then, like, finding that hot and irresistible. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a thing. Do you think that's a thing? Or do you think that people, that's just like a fantasy that people have? Well, as someone who's really hot and who does, has never been told <laughs> I know, no, that's why I'm asking I can, you. I can verify that it is definitely, it's irresistible for me. If someone okay. told me no, I'd be like, grrr, I'm going to pounce on you. <laughs> All right. Um, the other thing to note about this scene, which I, I shudder to say, but um, Morgan asks how, how his performance was. He asked for a performance review. Um, and she says she's had better, but not many. So Morgan's good in bed. It's a, I'll, I'll admit it's a little intriguing. I think Aaron's head's going to explode. <laughs> Does not um, compute. No. So um, at the end, uh, Karina gives Sarah a flash drive that includes um, Chuck's testimony while he was locked inside the vault being gassed. Um, I don't know why she was able to get this. And I also don't know why, because like, Chuck very clearly says in here, like in this video, like the reason I didn't run away with you in Prague and give up our lives as spies. And like, so Karina clearly watched all or most of it to know that it would be of interest to Sarah. And I think she's a good friend because she didn't like rat Sarah out to the government that Sarah tried to run away. And she doesn't really like 
try to talk to Sarah about it or anything. Like, she's just like, well, I guess that's what happened. But I'm glad, like, the rest of the government didn't see it, because if Beckman saw it, like, she would probably, like, have Sarah, like, executed or something. Sarah tried to run away from the spy life. But that's not, that, that's a problem for another day. Um, Sarah watches Chuck's testimony, and Chuck says Sarah taught him how to be a good person and how to live his life for more than just himself and to try to help other people, and he wants to be a spy because of what she taught him and because he wants to live up to who she is and because he loves her. And then, uh, you know, that's that's the end. He loves her. And we uh, we end on a close-up of Sarah crying. She's not crying. I mean, she's getting... Yeah, she's she's getting she's getting there. She's getting there. She's yeah. gonna be crying during the credits. Yeah. Uh yeah, Chuck versus those those three words. Those three those, words. Those three words. Blue apron rocks. <laughs> um yeah, that was uh I think Karina got the footage because Carl had the footage and he showed it to her in the SUV. Because that's how he knew that Karina oh, was a okay. spy. So I think she just took the USB drive from him. Okay, that makes that makes more sense. I thought maybe she was like wrapping up the mission and she just like was erasing the footage to remove a trace of her and she saw that or something. I don't know. I don't know what I mm-hmm. thought, but your your solution makes more sense. Yeah, but I agree that it's uh, she doesn't really try to help Sarah work through any of that. Yeah. I don't think they're really that close to friends. Yeah. I think they're really more no, just I like think so. work acquaintances. Yeah. They're almost like frenemies at some points. More, more in the first, more in Chuck versus the Wookiee. In this one, their friendship is kind of like pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So something that I wanted to point out that was bothering me. I don't know if you went through this same exercise as me, but this whole talk of, you know, Casey saying that he's not old enough to be Karina's father mm-hmm. got me got me thinking. Okay. And I was like, but is he, though? So. Casey, who's portrayed by Adam Baldwin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Adam Baldwin is 58 currently. 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 And the actress who plays Karina, whose name is Mini Anden. Mm -hmm. Mini Anden. She's a Swedish supermodel. She's currently 42. Okay. So there's a 16 year age gap, which means that Casey is old enough to be Karina's father. Okay. Well, yeah, but he would have had to been 16. So I see a little bit of his, his, uh, protest i don't know if you've heard of the show but it's pretty popular called 16 and pregnant yeah it's not called 16 and a father how old do you think the kid the guys are I don't know, they're usually older right i don't think so i think okay. they're in the ballpark but what i'm saying is that casey has the as a 16 year old he would have the the equipment to to make that happen well um i don't want to get too ahead of ourselves but casey does have an adult daughter that we meet later what? <laughs> so I mean, he's not. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she's that much older than. Well, we'll have to discuss this when we get there because I don't know that that could be this season. This that could be not this season. Who knows? I have literally no idea. It no could be in the next knowing. episode. Yeah. It could be fifty episodes from now. Yep. I have no clue. Um, but uh, <laughs> he is old enough to be a father. Yes, specifically her father. Yes. So uh, let's move into uh, Chuck Mary Kill. I would love to. So uh, every episode, we uh, choose one thing that we'd like to marry, something about this episode we really liked, and something that we would like to strike from existence. So I'm going to go first that my Mary is uh, Blue Apron, a wonderful service. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, what I actually really liked um, 
This is very, very small, but I really liked the like knife that they slid into their high heels. Like, uh, I don't know if it was Sarah or Karina, but in the getting mm-hmm. ready sequence, they they have like a high heel that like there's a knife that slides into the bottom and yep. it like fits perfectly flush against mm-hmm. the shoe. So it looks like just part of the shoe. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. So- I wonder if there's like a market for that. I think like because you know how people carry around pepper spray or mace or yeah, something. Yeah, or like a necklace with a knife in it, like. Like you just have a knife in your shoe. I feel yeah. like that would be a, a good per home, per, not home protection, but protection on the go kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll look into it. I'll, I'll check old Amazon once this call is done. What about you? What's your Mary? My Mary was uh, I really enjoyed the humor of Casey being self-conscious about being older. Than I like that, characters. too. Yeah. I appreciated that it came up a couple of times. I thought at first when they did it, that was going to be like a one off. But I'm glad that it came up not only in Castle, but then later on during the the uh, actual engagement party. Mm-hmm. Casey talking about how he was just a, a little boy when <laughs> his brother. Uh, I think it was interesting because it's a side of Casey that we don't typically see. Yeah. We don't really see him being insecure or mm-hmm. self-conscious. And you wouldn't think that Casey would care about his age. But mm-hmm. it's funny to think that this entire time he's been secretly uncomfortable with how much older he is than sarah and and chuck or maybe he's not uncomfortable because he just is in denial and pretending that he's the same age as them yeah i really like that maybe i mean if we look at the crown vic as like a a cry for like like a midlife crisis kind of situation like maybe that's maybe that's a way of looking at it yeah that's a good way to look at it um so for my kill i have two um and neither of these will be a surprise based on what i've already said in my review Mm-hmm. I thought the logistics of the club scene was just wild, like with the <laughs> everything to do with like Carl showing up and then leaving like that was it was just it felt very much like this is what the episode requires and this is what we need to get from point A to point B. But none of it sure, actually yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I haven't spent a ton of time in clubs, but just knowing like how much effort goes to getting into the club and how much effort goes to like parking and everything in L.A. Like that's it's. It doesn't make sense that anyone would do this. Um, <laughs> and then just the uh, the Morgan scene at the end. I think that um, I guess it had to happen based on what they set up. But anytime Morgan is rewarded, I mean, his his behavior wasn't actually that bad in this episode, like all things considered. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't like that. And I don't think I don't know. I think there could have been a better reason other than like, I, I know the theme of the episode was like saying no and everything and saying yes and all that kind of stuff. Like, if, I guess it fits with the theme, but like, I would have liked it more if it was like Morgan inadvertently saved her life or like Morgan, like, I don't like, I don't know that this is, I don't know that this would happen, but if it's like Morgan does something really attractive at the party, like what could it be? Who knows? But maybe she's really impressed with his skill at video games. Maybe he like, takes off his shirt for some reason and she's like you know what i am actually or maybe she just like sleeps with him like she's just like you know what fine like let's go like i don't it doesn't it didn't really track with the character i felt like and didn't really track as like a real woman thing that she would just be like ah like he said no to me and like he didn't really even say no to her like it wasn't like like if she if there had been a scene where like she was trying to seduce him in a spy way and he was like, no, 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 I just want to talk or like whatever. And then she was like, ah, he said no to me. But like the the actual scene was just him saying, like, get out of my house. Mm-hmm. And even if it like even if it wasn't the saying no, like that's what they had to do for the theme of the episode. But like even if it wasn't the saying no and if it was just like, 
oh, you were so like, I found it so attractive when you were so assertive and saying, get out of my house. Like she really likes a dominant man, like whatever. Like, but I think that just how they did it and then just the fact that they did it were, uh, were things I didn't like, didn't care for. Okay. Okay. There you go. Valid. Uh, my kill this week has no bearing on the show's production or content at all, <laughs> I suppose. But my kill is going to be the fact that since this episode was produced, Tiki Torches, specifically suburban white guys holding Tiki tor- Torches, has become a symbol of white nationalism. Oh yeah, it's very bad. Which, since this episode aired, has increased in our country, largely in part due to the hate-filled rhetoric of our current commander-in-chief. More specifically, I am upset that out of all the images, all of the still frames and everything that IMDb could use for this episode's page, they use a picture of Chuck holding a lit tiki torch. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> and it's, I, I am, you, you know, they, it's not like they're like, hey, we should, he can't, you know, I get it. You can't, you, there's no way. I understand why he's holding a tiki torch. It's fine. But just now you go to imdb and it's just a completely different context now given the the current situation can we edit like because we can edit the keywords can can we have someone i mean you can report the image should we i guess so tag the image we maybe we could uh lead a change that they use a different still maybe i just feel like it would be it would just be a nice thing to do i don't know if anyone out there knows how to change images on imdb i feel like we can Chuck deserves better and Chuck should not. There should not be images of Zachary Levi looking like this on the on the, the internet. No, I yep, I agree. And I'm I'm glad that you I'm glad you brought this up. So yeah, that's um not not great. I, that's a good choice for a kill. It's better than mine, I'll say it. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, uh now we have made it to, I don't know why I'm taking the lead this episode. <laughs> but now we've season made of Aaron. To the end of our episode, where we would like to give a rating of the show based on the scooter scale, which is zero to five corn dogs, zero being lowest, five being highest. What would you like to give it, Chris? Uh, I would say three cor- three corn dogs here uh-huh. feels fair. Okay. I think it's slightly better constructed than the previous episode. Uh-huh. However, I think I may have enjoyed this episode less for okay. whatever reason. <laughs> Uh, it just but you feels gave like it a higher rating. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get to that. Hold okay. on. It just feels like this is not trying anything new or really adding anything to the show that we haven't seen before. Uh, Chuck wants to talk to Sarah. Sarah doesn't want to talk to Chuck. Chuck thinks he's gonna die, so he tells tell Sarah how he feels. Sarah doesn't actually hear it. I mean, we just did a lot of this in the previous episode, even with Karina pretending to be in a relationship with someone for spy purposes. Sarah just did that in the past episode. Um, you know, at least the previous episode tried using some new elements like Chuck being depressed or Chuck turning into the dude from the Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they were just temporary and maybe they weren't that effective, but if at least it was a little bit different, uh, I just didn't feel the the emotional stakes in this episode. I enjoyed the scenes where we get to see Sarah emoting and I liked the use of Chuck diffusing the the situation by talking to Carl, but he's actually talking to Sarah. I enjoyed that, but this episode just kind of felt hollow to me. So then to your point of why this episode is ranked higher than the previous one, give the previous episode 2.5, was that I'm allotting this episode an extra half corn dog, corn dog, half corn dog, since it features actual corn dogs. Ah, Without okay. the corn dogs, 
I would give this episode a lower score, but we see this episode has corn dogs yeah, so you gotta give embedded it. in it. So I have to respect that. I'm not a jerk. <laughs> I will I will respect the rules of the, the scooter scale. So going into this, I actually had a slightly higher score, but in talking about it, I in the last episode I did not do this, but in this episode I think that there I was I watched this episode relatively close to recording and I was riding high off my truck feelings. And now I feel like having talked about it a little bit, I'm going to lower my score by half a corn dog. My rating will still be coming in at 3.5 corn dogs. So, um, yeah, I agree with everything that you said. I think that this, like, hearing you lay it all out like that, this was a pretty run of the mill episode. I did really enjoy it. Um, I had a good time watching it and I am very interested to see what they what they set up with Shaw. Um, I I am excited to get uh get Shaw up in here. So um <laughs> something else I'm excited about is to hear about your blue apron meal that you will be making tonight. Yes, in a matter of hours I will have ingested a meal provided by our friends at Blue Apron. Blue Apron, it's the food that's in my kitchen. Can I Blue Apron? I have a, one one quick question for you. Um we mentioned the uh, ricotta garlic bread, and either in this episode or the previous episode, you did mention a gluten and dairy intolerance. So, is it a good idea for you to eat that? Oh well, oh you have no idea. <laughs> I'm not, so I'm not going to eat it. But not only am I intolerant to gluten and dairy, I am also intolerant to garlic and onions. So, all right, what? Yeah, what do you eat? <laughs> I eat uh, paste and sounds uh, good. Uh, uh, tap water. Okay. Plain rice. Uh, do you have no, Do you have I, the brat diet? Whenever I have issues, my mom says bananas, rice, a- applesauce, and toast. Uh, I can't really eat apples either. So, and I probably shouldn't eat toast if it's not gluten yeah. free. Uh, so, so bananas, bananas and rice, rice. Sign me up. Okay. That would, yep. that, could, that could be a good combination if you had like a maybe like a Thai dish, bananas and rice, like like a roast yeah. banana. Or if I it was okay. like a rice pudding, would be good. With yep. bananas. Okay, so, uh, well, I think Blue Apron also has allergy options. So if if you're facing an issue like Chris, maybe they can help you out. Of course, the issue that I'm having is that the food that I received completely for free does not align with my very specific dietary restrictions. Yes. So it's really not that big of a problem. I will I will cope. So. Uh, <laughs> This this actually leads into your sign off pretty nicely. It does. I've been waiting to I don't I was waiting to see if there was like a perfect like leap uh-huh. off for me to go into uh-huh. it. Well, um, it's me saying time to sign off, Chris. Jeez, <laughs> oh, it's really <laughs> taking uh, control. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, this has been Chris Gillespie signing off, reminding you that food, especially the food that's prepared in a blue apron box is sexy. And this is Aaron Rada letting you know that anything is possible, especially if you uh, order from Blue Apron with the code Chuck. Don't do that. That's right. Don't do it. <laughs> or uh, there might be another podcast with Chuck in the name, and maybe they do have that code. But maybe. Blue Apron. Oh, how about this? I'm Aaron Rada signing off with anything is possible, especially if you, Blue Apron, would like to promote with us, go Chuck yourself. Because anything will be possible, including us talking about you a lot for free. Much like anything, the box that Chris yeah. got. You know, like anything is possible. If you think like, oh, will I ever get a free box of Blue Apron shipped to my apartment? You Maybe. might. Yeah. Anything possible. is possible. 
I think we've said Blue Apron probably like 300 times in a this pl- episode. A plot keyword for the IMD episode for this episode will be uh, Blue Apron. Are we? Are you adding that or are we doing a rally cry to have people add Blue Apron to the plot well, description? Don't, don't add the plot. Don't add it to uh, the, the actual Chuck episode, but you can add it to if you if, if podcasts are ever on IMDb, you can add it to us. And take down the photo of Chuck with a tiki torch. Yes, please do that. Anyhow, it's been a pleasure. Aaron, I'm glad that you're doing well. I think that you are you're really in a good place and I hope that you continue to do well. You continue to thrive. Thanks so much. That's really nice, Chris. Thanks. You you too. All right. Great. Uh, I hope you, the listener, also continue to thrive. Hope you have a nice day. We'll see you next week for another episode of Go Chuck Yourself. Thanks for listening. As always, a big thanks to the artist Hadakoa and the fine folks at freemusicarchive.org for providing us with our theme song, Warm Up. If you want to drop us a line, you can reach us at gocheckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Go Check Yourself on your preferred podcast platform. New episodes come out every Monday morning and you do not want to miss a new episode. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.